loan officers. Join the mortgage calculator as an MLO for unlimited mortgage leads and up to 250 BPS compensation. So welcome everyone. My name is Kyle Hershey. I'm the COO of the Mortgage Calculator, joined here by our president, Nick Hershey, and our sales manager, Jose Gonzalez. We're a correspondent lender that specializes in non-QM loans. And what we do every Tuesday and Wednesday evening at 7 p.m. Eastern time on this show is do a loan officer training with a different topic. Today's topic is going to be how to originate a 1099 loan. Definitely something we're very familiar with here at the Mortgage Calculator because we specialize in non-QM loans. And this is a pretty popular one, especially when it comes to self-employed borrowers. And I'll let Jose take it away from here and talk, I guess, first what a 1099 loan is, when we may use it, and then we can get into how to actually get it done. All right. Good evening, everybody. Thank you for joining us for tonight's training, how to originate a 1099 borrower loan. So the... the 1099 loan is for self-employed borrowers only, right? That's that's a given. Now there are a couple of different ways to to reach the objective, but it is 1099. It is self-employed borrowers only. It is also preferred over bank statement loans because the expense factor is much lower. Most of the 1099 loans have 10% as the default expense ratio, which means that you will be able to use 90% of your borrower's gross monthly income. Not gross monthly income, but 1099 income, excuse me. So there are restrictions depending on the option. There are many 1099 loan options out there, all of them with different guidelines. So one of the... um, the details that I that I like to look for is the option that allows the borrower to go 1099 if he was previously W-2 with the same employer without skipping a beat, right? So if it's same employer previously, now they got switched over to 1099, there is no two-year waiting period for that scenario for that borrower to be self-employed for two years. So let me jump right into it so I can share some of the details with you. Okay, so real important first and foremost, I wanted to give you all some context on the 1099 before we go into Encompass and click around a little bit there and, and show you how to set the file up. So 1099 loan takes its name from the document, the 1099 document that is given to contract workers, right? So when a company has contract workers, not employees, because a contract worker is not an employee, they're an independent contractor, they get contracted by the business to provide a service. So this is the form that they are given Now, in order to get a 1099, you have to have a social security number, not an ITIN. So this would not be applicable for ITIN borrowers that have the ITIN. It's a tax ID for individuals that don't have legal status in the United States. They are not permanent residents. They are not citizens. So 
In order to get a 1099, you have to have an actual Social Security number. So the 1099 program is not applicable for foreign nationals or ITIN borrowers, only U.S. nationals, permanent residents. Uh, and the 1099 NEC is the one that we would be looking for. NEC stands for non-employee compensation. Again, you can't be an employee and receive a 1099. It contradicts. So I was touching base on who qualifies for a 1099 loan. I guess it would be easier to say who doesn't qualify for nationals and borrowers that do not have status because they need a social security number. So U.S. citizen, permanent resident alien, non-permanent resident alien with U.S. credit. That would be somebody that has a work permit authorization. Entity vesting is allowed on investment properties as long as the option that you choose allows it. Most non-QM options do allow entity ownership, but not all non-QM options allow entity ownership. So be aware of that very important point. This loan is possible for primary investment, second home just like most other loans. The only loan that really has a specific restriction on occupancy is the DSCR loan, which is only for investment properties. Again, 1099 loans are for non-employee compensation only. We, We like this program for realtors because realtors all receive 1099s, right? So in some cases where you may think a bank statement option is the only one for a realtor, well, this option is actually much better because of the 90% profit. So again, we were talking about not necessarily needing two years experience for self-employment. If you have experience in that field as an employee, but now transitioned over 1099, you could do it. You could originate that loan if the borrower has at least one year's experience uh, self-employed and obviously was doing it for was doing it as a licensee. However, if they are doing it for the same company that they were previously working for as an employee, but now they've transitioned to being an independent contractor, then you do not need the two-year history as long as they have two-year history with the current company. So Here I'm going to break down the guidelines. Now, this is one of our simplest guidelines for the 1099 option. This is actually the whole section of the part that covers only 1099, which is nice and easy. They're not all this simple, but, you know, this is one of the options that we like to use the most. And notice it's pretty basic how they break it down there. Notice they put tax returns may be waived and wage earner documentation requirements followed in Section 661 when all the following requirements are met. And most importantly is you have to have the 1099 for the most recent one year, unless, notice the note in the bottom, 1099 forms covering a full one-year period are not required when a borrower changes from being paid W-2 to 1099 while working for the same employer in the same position. Okay. 
the 1099s have to be from the same single employer for at least one year for this particular option. Some options require it to be uh, available for two years, even if you're doing only a one-year option, they require a two-year history with that particular company. The 1099s are going to be validated with a wage and income transcript from the IRS. That's a W-2 and 1099 only transcript. And then for this particular option, they're going to require either a year-to-date pay stub or a written VOE or some other type of third-party documentation that would support the year-to-date earnings. I had another 1099 option where they required a year-to-date pay stub. There were no exceptions to their guidelines. They didn't want a VOE. They didn't want any letter from an accountant. If the borrower didn't get a pay stub with year-to-date info on it, then they wouldn't accept it. So note here, though, this option does allow you to do pay stubs or written VOE or other equivalent third-party docs. And that's News is that the expense ratio is only 10%. Now, very important, if the bullet point requirements are not met, then they are going to ask for one year's tax return. So really important that you keep an eye on that. And note what they do state about seasonal employment and unemployment income compensation can be used with a two-year history. That's for scenarios where people may work part of the year and then part of the year they don't work. They've been doing it like that for years and they may get some unemployment compensation for that part of the year that they're not working. So keep an eye out on that because that is something that we may be able to use if there is a pattern of that. Also note that 700 is our minimum credit score for the maximum 90% loan to value. So some of the bullet points here that would interest you when structuring your loans, keep in mind our lowest credit score possible is 600. And that's at an 80% LTV with at least two trade lines reporting for the past 24 months or three trade lines reporting for the past 12 months to do the minimum 600 option. Six At 660, we start getting more options. And again, 700 is the best case scenario uh, at which you're going to get 90%. Also for our best option, you have to have zero times 30 on your housing payment for the past 24 months with one times one times 120 times 12 for the C minus grade. That's the one where we're going up to 600 credit score, 80% LTV. And reserves are going to vary again from option to option, but typically they're going to require six months of reserves for the best case option, no reserves at lower LTV and credit grades. Property types are pretty basic, single families, PUDs, warrantable condos, and two-unit properties up to 90%. Three to four-unit properties are going to be 85% max LTV. Condo tells, 75% LTV max. Non-warrantable condos up to 85% LTV. Rural properties 
are permitted up to 20 acres and up to 80% LTV. And modular homes are considered as long as they are not unique. Many modular homes look like regular stick-built homes, but if it's anything looking a little bit odd, like a, a dome modular home or something like that that's out of the ordinary, they're probably not going to lend on that modular home. cannot be a unique type property. And we were talking a little bit about the income, but I'll give you a few more bullet points here. In this, we already mentioned the 10% expense factor. A business narrative is definitely going to be required. Now, the business narrative is, gonna, is going to depend on the option. Some options have specific forms that you need to use for the business narrative. Others, it's just the third-party verification letter or business narrative letter by the borrower that states how they, how they derive their income, the nature of the business, how long owning that business, percentage of ownership in the business, if they have any employees and stuff like that. Typically with a 1099, there are not going to be any employees. And we already touched base on the wage and income transcripts for W-2 and 1099 only. Sometimes they do require confirmation from the employer that, that the borrower does not have any job-related expenses because those would be deducted and or added as expenses. So they would be deducted from the gross. So the expense factor in those cases may be higher than 10%. And also very important to note, it, for some options, two months bank statements may be required to confirm the income stream. So in the cases where you have VOEs and stuff like that, where you're using a workaround, then they may ask for additional support. And for these 1099 loans, as little as six months seasoning to use the appraised value on cash outs. Gift funds are allowed with some restrictions, you do have to review these specific guidelines. Some require that at least 5% of the money from the transaction come from the borrower and others don't have a restriction like that, but do require it that the gift funds come from an individual and are given to an individual. So if they're buying the property from an LLC, that cannot be a gift donor. Private VORs are accepted with a reduction in LTV. And really important to note is minimum square footages. Single family residence, minimum square footage, 600 square feet. A condo, 500 square feet, plus it has to have a full kitchen. And a multi-unit property, two to four unit, a minimum square footage for the unit is 400 square feet. And the unit does have to have a full kitchen and obviously its own bathroom as well. So just to give you some example, quick examples here, 90% max LTV again with a 760 credit score. You have pretty good rates there, high, ni high nines, mid nines to high eights. 
660 score max LTV is 80% with a 660. Again, 620 is the minimum credit score for an 80% LTV. And with a 600, no, actually, no, I take that back. With a 600, we can do 80% LTV. And you're looking at some pretty high rates, so 11.499, but still, we're looking at 600 credit score using a 1099 only. So let me jump a second here now into Encompass. Now, this is a test file. This is our John homeowner a test file here, so we don't have any private information. Now, this file, when you do set it up, can be set up as a non-delegated or brokered if you do not find any non-dell option. But all the options that I showed you today, including the 600 credit score option, are for options where we are the lender, right? So no, that's not a brokered option. So a couple of pointers here, like I make a note, just make sure that, again, you're in the correct template. So here's where you apply your loan template set right there, right? So make sure that you are, this one here, we are non-delegated, non-QM. We are the lender. We're, we're doing one-year alt doc here. Our borrower has a 740 credit. So we're going 90% LTV. And the rate that we're looking at is 9.75. And I priced it out right before our meeting, 9.75, costing 1.375. There are other buy-down options if your borrower wants to buy it down more. Uh, the uh, page I wanted to show here was just the income page because for our self-employed borrower, again, you have to make sure that you do check the box that they have an ownership share of 25% or more. Typically on the 1099 loans, they will be 100% owners, right? Of their, and, it, and it's usually going to be a sole proprietor. They're not going to have an LLC usually set up if they're getting paid with a 1099, but that's not an absolute. So again, yeah, make sure you set up their self-employment. You check the appropriate box. You put in the monthly income right over here in this section, and that 12000 a month will transfer to the gross monthly income section here in our bar we only need two years verification so we don't need to verify any more employment so i just checked all of the does not apply boxes this is just our assets here so our cash to close and the pending the Earnest money deposit, and I believe that John Homeowner also has a property where they're going to get the money from for the transaction that is pending sale. And again, really important to note is these loans are, they are non-QM, so just make sure that you are in the correct split also in your non-QM closing cost template, your non-QM loan program template. Remember that the closing cost template does automatically set the fees for you, the lender fees and some of the preset company fees, and the rest would need to be set just by doing Lodestar for the title company fees. 
and just setting up your file and just getting it ready to disclose. So it's a pretty easy file as long as you review your guidelines up front. Make sure you have the necessary documentation as it pertains to the 1099, as it pertains to the W-2 and the 1099 and wage transcript that you would need to get. And you should be good. If you if your file is not complete, the issue you're going to face is that they're going to condition you for tax returns. And that is usually a deal killer in, in any alternative doc loan where that is the opposite of what we're trying to achieve. We're trying to achieve the loan without tax returns. So just make sure that you follow the guidelines. All right. I don't see any questions here. No, no questions. All right, we'll wrap it up then. Great presentation there, Jose, 1099, definitely a great program to use, talking to self-employed borrowers. Remember, we do this 7 p.m. Eastern time every Tuesday and Wednesday evening where we go through a new training on a different loan type. So we'll be back here tomorrow with a new topic. So thank you everybody for tuning in. Thank you, Nick. Thank you, Jose. We'll see you all tomorrow, 7 p.m. Eastern for the next episode of the Loan Officer Training Series with the Mortgage Calculator. Have a great evening, everyone. Have a good night. Loan officers, join the Mortgage Calculator as an MLO for unlimited mortgage leads and up to 250 BPS compensation.